This is Dr. Julie Goldstein, and this is part of Mizrahi's Daily Dose on the Daf Project. The Gemara Nadarim 88, commenting on the Mishnah of the previous page, 87b, contains a discussion of whether, quote, partial knowledge is equivalent to full knowledge, end quote. Ultimately, you know, asking if someone is only partially aware of the significance or consequences of his pronouncements, are these pronouncements halakhically binding as an oath? Or does the fact that the speaker is not or was not fully cognizant of the significance render the statement halakhically irrelevant? And the Gemara goes on to cite a debate that seems to relate to this question of what the ramifications are of quote-unquote partial knowledge. The Gemara asks, does a person who is blind and accidentally kill, kills another person flee to an ear miklat, a city of refuge, or is he not required to do so? According to Rabbi Yehuda, a blind person is exempt from fleeing to the ear miklat, while Rabbi Meir says he's required to do so. But the Gemara's discussion is based on the postulate that a blind person can only ever be partially aware of his surroundings and by extension of the potential consequences of his action. So the question about a blind person fleeing to an ear miklat is related to the question about the ramifications of having partial knowledge. Now, this topic of disability and specifically of blindness in rabbinic thought is very complex and I think needs to be examined from two angles. Angle number one, the discourse on blindness in society vis-a-vis the blind person, and angle number two, the discourse on blindness and society vis-a-vis society. On a halachic level, the rabbis rule that a person who can't see is theoretically obligated in all mitzvot. But on a practical level, they can't help but recognize or acknowledge that there are some mitzvot that blind people can't perform. Midrashically speaking, the rabbis compare compare blindness to death. The Midrash Tanchuma explains that a person who can't see does not fully experience the temptation of quote-unquote this world, and as such, they belong to a higher transcendent realm. As in the case in the Gemara Nadarim, the discourse surrounding the rabbinic approach to blindness is ultimately rooted in the question, to what extent is the blind person engaged with society and the world around him? Can he be held to the same standards and expectations that we have from sighted people, from seeing people? Are the, are the consequences of his actions the same? It's important to note, though, the other angle to this conversation. How must society relate to those with disabilities in our midst? The mitzvah, lifne iver lotitein mechshol, prohibiting the placement of a stumbling block before the blind, is predicated on the assumption that society contains a wide range of people, including some whose abilities might be limited for whatever reason. And we are commanded to incorporate them into our communities and to ensure their safety and accessibility. So while the rabbis may struggle with the extent to which a person with disabilities is able to engage with society, the Torah ultimately leaves no doubt about the fact that society is required to engage with them. Have a great day.